You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local state and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us once again. This is your host, Bobby Black. On today's show, we're going to be profiling another up-and-coming gondrepreneur, a woman and her family who have thrown their hats in the ring of the wide, wonderful world of cannabis genetics. But the model of their seed company has a bit of a twist to it, something a little different. Here to tell us all about it is the owner and CEO of Evolve Marijuana and the Cannabis Seed Company. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Ms. Kalina Bruin. Kalina, how are you today? I'm doing great, Bobby. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, one of the things that we've been covering on Blazin is uh, cannabis business and entrepreneurship or gondrepreneurship, as some people like to say. So how long has your company been around? Well, we applied for our license almost two and a half years ago when Washington State uh, first started taking applications. It's been a long process, but we've had our license for a little over a month now. Well, you have two companies. Uh, tell us, first of all, what's the difference between your two brands? Well, the Cannabis Seed Company uh, creates genetics, provides strains for the cannabis industry. Our brand is Evolve Marijuana. And so what we do is we provide genetics to our different growers who then grow our strains and market it under our Evolve Marijuana brand. Oh, I see. It's you, So your business model is almost like a franchise kind of. Correct. And you guys refer to that as a subscription, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct. Yep. We, we work with our growers on a 
sort of a harvest term, figuring that it's, you know, three to four months by the time they are putting their their clones into the dirt and they are harvesting. We just ask uh, for that period of time. There is a monthly subscription fee depending on the size of the grow. And for that, we do all the marketing and uh, working with them as far as building the brand that and the strains that they are growing, uh, working with the retailers to get it out to the consumers. And tell us a little about the philosophy behind the, the company, behind Evolve Marijuana. Well, I believe that as uh, small companies all working together, we have a much higher chance of being able to survive this industry as it matures. We all know there are larger corporations with a lot more money than any of us have in our budgets to create um, marketing campaigns and get their products out there. And so we know that at the point that the borders open up, the competition is it's going to completely change. And unless we are preparing now, even if that happens a couple years from now, and we certainly hope that, um, you know, at one point we're going to see it open all over. But if we aren't preparing for that now as a business, we are going to have the hard time competing when those type of businesses come into the industry. So my proposal is to work together. I think that as a group of individual independent businesses working towards one goal, which is building a brand, and in this case, the common thread between all these businesses would be that they grow our genetics. So we have several strains, um, lots of sativas, lots of indicas that are really great strains, so we are talking with growers to get those into the retail stores, and then the consumers can enjoy some of them. But I am my feeling of working with uh, other companies and other producers and processors is really what is the driving force behind the business, and that is that we all build our businesses together. Right on. So your products are not currently carried in shops yet. Is that correct? You're building towards a a release soon. That's correct. We have a 7,000-square-foot warehouse here that uh, houses our breeding facility, and then we do have uh, some larger grow rooms here that um, we are putting our own product in so that we can also get those out into the market. But my main goal is to work with other producers and processors to create the products that are then taken into the retail stores. And you're based out of Washington, right? Where Whereabouts in Washington State are you? We are in Bellingham, Washington. We're about a half an hour down from the Canadian border, right along the Puget Sound. Your company in April, if I'm not mistaken, was awarded the, uh, a state business license for what they call a Tier 2 marijuana producing facility. Can you explain to listeners a little uh, about what a Tier 2 facility entails? Well, here in Washington, they have leveled it out as three different tiers, and that is the different sizes of the canopy that we are allowed to grow. A tier one is up until 2,000 square feet of canopy. Now, you can have a 3,000-square-foot warehouse. They measure only the actual canopy of the plant. So even if we have a 
you know, a 40 by 40 room, our, our aisleways are not considered canopy. So everything that is actual green, if you're looking down at it, they limit it to 2,000 square feet or 2,000 feet, I'm sorry, if you are a tier one. A tier two pops up to anything from 2,000 to 10,000 square feet or yeah, square feet. So as long as you are within that level, you are a tier two. Now you take it up one and now you're a tier three and you can go all the way to 30,000 feet of canopy. Those people are the largest ones they're allowing. At this point, we have been told that um, Washington State has done a study and they have determined that the amount of canopy that they currently have licensed is enough to cover the, the amount of uh, marijuana that is consumed here in Washington State. I'm not quite sure how they figured that out or where those statistics come from. No one's ever asked me how much I consume, but <laughs> they have determined that we grow enough. So at this point, anyone who wants to, if we wanted to enlarge our grow, we would need to actually purchase someone else's license. They are not opening up the uh, application process at all. So are you are you a lifelong uh, Washington resident, or are you a transplant? We, um, my husband and I, grew up in uh, California, in the Bay Area. Oh, we, nice. We um, have five children. We, at one point, felt that uh, what used to be a small town where we grew up was turning into a large city, and we decided that it was time to move the family, and we weren't quite sure where we were going. We just knew we wanted to go north. And we bought ourselves a 30-foot trailer and hooked it onto the back of the truck and took off. Ended up in Bellingham, beautiful, beautiful part of the country, and decided to stay and have never looked back or regretted that uh, decision yet. That's nice. And you mentioned your family. Your business is a family business, right? I mean, you have members of your family helping with the company. It is. It is. My son is actually the geneticist. He's the one with the talent uh, to bring these wonderful combinations together that uh, create these great experiences. He um, has kind of a fun story. When he graduated from high school, he and his cousin wanted to do the old backpacking through Europe thing and even though I tried to convince them to take a, a suitcase with wheels, they decided to actually take the backpack. So <laughs> they traveled through Europe, and their their um, sort of big thing of the trip is they were going to go to the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. And I have I'm Dutch, and I have family there, and so they they did some visiting, and they went to the Cannabis Cup, and he was just sort of stung by the bug and he just really got into the whole breeding aspect we had been those that enjoyed uh, marijuana up until that point and we had grown our own but never to the point where we were creating something it was like hey look i look what i got oh there's a seed let's grow it you know well 15 20 years later we've uh gone through these steps of really finding strains that mean something to us. And as we've been creating these and building them, he has uh, really done a great job. So we have him, and then his wife is uh, helps with the cultivating and works in the grow rooms. And then my husband is our maintenance man. He just makes sure that uh, 
everything runs smoothly, so everything grows to its uh, optimum quality we're looking for. That's awesome. I'm curious, what was your philosophy when you were raising your kids as far as cannabis? Did you talk to them about it early? Did you not talk to them? Was Were you open about your use? Were you kind of hidden about use? I'm just curious. Well, when I was first growing, I didn't have kids at all. And um, it was, you know, my parents' backyard. We lived on a little piece of property. And my dad was... Um, you know, he wasn't an uh, old fuddy-duddy. He wasn't growing it himself, but he was going to let me grow it simply because he, at that point, also saw that what I wanted was to know what I was consuming. You you know, we're just, it was, I mean, let's face it, up until it became um, legal, it was a whole willy-nilly crapshoot of what you were going to get. You know, you went to your guy and you said, hey, I need an ounce. What can you get me? And you give them the money and, you know, that night they come by and here you go. It's not like you have 13 to look at. Here's one hmm. bag. That's it. Then you take what you want. And I, at one point, one, I didn't like spending the money that way. I got tired of it and, and uh, started growing it myself and realized that I enjoyed the, not only the maintenance part, but the fact that you're creating something and the making it better each time and every time making it bigger or, you know, just making it easier to grow, just creating these different things, just I really like. It's sort of the, you know, the green thumb, the people who like to do the orchids and things like that. You know, I kind of found that with marijuana. I then, as we uh, got older, um, my kids were aware I had, um, I truly did just start it uh, recreationally, but I, at one point, um, had seizure syndrome. I started having seizures, and they, you know, when they don't know what it is, they tell you it's from stress, so they told me that, you know, here's these medications. Well, it was, I had young children at the time, and I could not um, take that type of medication. And so at that point, I started growing for myself, still not with the knowledge that there are all these different strains that work better for a certain thing that create different. I mean, obviously, we know the different experiences, but at that point in time, it wasn't like um, there was the medicinal market was really out there that was telling us that, oh, White Widow is great for pain, and if if you're looking to sleep, here is the strain you should use. Sure. It wasn't out there. So it was really sort of a, a hit and miss, finding those things that you like. And it wasn't until my son went to Amsterdam and went to the Cannabis Cup that the whole breeding aspect of cannabis came into play. And then we really got excited because now you were creating something and it wasn't something just that we were going to enjoy. We really loved creating something and then telling someone else, here, try this. This is our newest creation. And for them to come back and say, oh, I love this. Hmm. You know, that's uh, as someone who's creating something that's great to hear. So that was sort of what born this passion of um, bringing these different experiences out from all these different uh, plants. And it's just incredible the combinations we can make that can bring these experiences out. Yeah. So you were very open with your 
children growing up about uh, your cannabis use. And I mean, you were yeah. you were you were in Northern California, so it was probably a lot easier to do that there, I would imagine, than other parts of the country. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, as when they were younger, and it would be, you know, when my sister-in-law would come and we would sit out on the patio and they're playing on the swings and stuff like that. For us, I did not treat it any different as if I was standing there with a beer in my hand or a glass of wine. Those were two things that I did not enjoy, but I do enjoy taking a hit. And then I, I like being able to say, well, I'm going to sit and watch a movie. I'm going to take a hit of this because it's going to calm me down. Or I would really like to get a little chatty, so I'm going to take our strain is Conversa. makes you very chatty. It's a very easygoing strain that you just sit and chat. So it's kind of nice to be able to pick your side effect, which certainly can't do with wine or, or alcohol. The side effect is what you get. So I am able to choose the experience I am going to get from each of my strains. So as they are out playing and we just sit and enjoy a hit, it's not like you're taking hit after hit. And I've never been a, a joint smoker. I never liked smoking the paper and all that. I just also felt it was a waste as it kept blowing away. So I've always been, uh, I'm an old school bong smoker. <laughs> and the kids are used to seeing the bong sitting there. It was nothing unusual to them. We never, I never did it as a, a hide it, hide it. Because uh, as kids, they're going to see you do it. And then they're wondering, what the heck are you hiding? You know, so it was, we were responsible users. I was responsible around my children and as they grew up, of the five children, I have just the one that chose to um, enjoy cannabis as well. And he's the one who really got into the whole breeding. So it's it's a personal choice. And, and my kids were all very open with it being my personal choice. And I didn't abuse the, the uh, enjoyment of it. You know, it wasn't something that they really noticed. I, I'm a very casual enjoyer. It helped with uh, my seizures and the, um, the way my medication affected me. So I've always uh, really focused on the benefits because for me, there were many. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, the way you did it was the right way to do it. I always said that if my wife and I are fortunate enough to have a child someday, that we would be very open about, especially now that we're in California, it's a lot easier to be a little open about your usage. I think back in New York and New Jersey, it's a little different. Well, we need to take a short break, but we'll be right back here on Blazing with more from Kaylina Bruin. Stay tuned. Want to grow your own weed, but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like God Bud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, 
BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge, guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot, home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. All right, and we are back. Our guest today on Blazin is Kaylina Bruin, owner and CEO of Evolve Marijuana and the Cannabis Seed Company. Before the break, you had talked about discovering the love of breeding and, and making your own strains, creating something new, and being able to really target a, a strain for a specific effect or enjoyment. So you, you mentioned that your son found his love of breeding after attending the Cannabis Cup the one in Amsterdam, of course. Do you remember what year that was? Which cup that was? That would have been... When did you go to the Cannabis Cup? In 2004. Oh, so it was definitely a while ago. So he's uh, his interest has been sparked for, for a while. Yeah, he's been uh, working on his craft for quite some time. And I, I think it shows in the uh, wonderful strains he's created. And, you know, I've done some traveling and uh, enjoyed uh, being able to pick up some seeds and find different uh, strains out there. So, yeah, we've got a great combination, and I I really breed towards experience, not so much as high THC. I know that a lot of people walk into retail stores right now, and, you know, the bud tender asks them what they're looking for, and they want, what's the highest THC you got, you know, and it's, I'm I'm not about that. I'm about an experience. I think that THC is just one aspect of um, cannabis that uh, brings the enjoyment to us, and and I like including all of it. Talking about the way you're you're targeting specific strains for specific effects leads me to ask you about the names of some of the strains that you have. They're a little unconventional, some of the names compared to the way most people in the industry seem to name their strains. Tell us a little about your different strains and where the names came from. Well, I think one of the first things you'll notice about the names online is that they're not the dual names. Uh, real big in the industry, of course, is, has always been, you know, the Afghan Kush, the Alaskan Thunderfuck. I mean, all these you know, a little bit, um, also some beautiful names, Strawberry, you know, Personal Passion, all these different ones that are out there. But I, one of the things you'll notice with mine is they are all just a single name, and they are uh, a little bit um, stepping away from the, the common names that you're going to see in, um, in your retail stores. Uh, we have several. Some of them are just beautiful names that I liked, um, that I thought fit what I liked about the strain. We have a Conversa, which is a wonderful strawberry blue with one of our strains, which is Arturo. And Arturo is an Alaskan Thunderfuck crossed with a Cali Mist, a really nice strain that um, we use to cross with several of, of other strains. It just seems to accent the parts of the other strain that uh, we have liked. The Arturo comes in and helps it last long, but 
Conversa is one that, like its name, um, just you like to sit back and chat. It's a chatty Cathy is what I call it because it is just something that uh, you relax, you sit and talk, you have a lot of fun. It's, it's a very nice, light strain. Now, most of mine are uh, recreational. Yeah, obviously, uh, medicinal is, is coming in, into play here in Washington State as our recreational and medical combine. And, uh, but I really have found that, um, of most strains in one way or another, even if it is just to lighten the weight off your shoulders or take a little bit of that stress away, to me, that's medicinal, even if it is just because it's helping me laugh or lighten up a little, you know. So we have um, lots of different strains uh, uh, that cause lots of different experiences. We have um, Essex, which is a Moby Dick Arturo cross that also is just a, a relaxing body high that brings you to a place of enjoyment. And I think that's what we're all looking for when we are uh, going into a store and looking for a strain. We're looking to enjoy ourselves, whether that be I want to just sort of veg out on a on a couch and watch a movie. Then it's like, well, then this is a strain for you. Or it's like, well, I would really like to get out and, and have a lot of fun. And it's like, well, then you want to be looking for Sabrina because Sabrina is going to take you out and want to ride a bike and want to do your gardening. So there's different levels of activity, of creativity, of physical feelings that these different strains can give you that I believe once you uh, find one of these strains that you like, you will see that Evolve Marijuana has a variety of strains that will give you a variety of experiences because that's really what we're all about. And how many uh, do you currently have strains total? At the moment, we have 29 strains that we are looking for growers. They range from Landrace to uh, Indica and Sativa, from very mellow ones to very hard-hitting. We've tried to put a good variety out there, not only so the growers can each grow a different strain, because we are giving them an exclusive. If we are going to work with them and they are going to grow one of our strains, we are going to work with them to get into the retail stores, to do the marketing, to do all the advertising, to get that strain out to the consumers. Right. And so if someone was interested in wanting to carry your strains, what would you say differentiates your company and your genetics from the myriad of other cannabis breeders and sellers out there? Obviously, there are some companies that have been well-established for a long time. People you know, trust their genetics, trust their name brand recognition. What do you guys have to offer that would make someone want to grow your strains as opposed to something from, let's say, DNA or rare dankness or something like that? Well, I think right now it is the fact that we have original strains. You have to think that in the uh, commercial industry here in Washington State, we are locked within our borders. So as we had several seed banks come in, um, that and these were just companies that just bought a lot of seeds and brought them in because once we had our 15-day window, uh, which is the period of time that we're able to bring genetics into our warehouse, after that, we're not allowed to bring anything in outside of Washington State. So 
So if I wanted to go and grow some DNA genetics and I wanted to go to Holland and buy some of theirs, I could not bring it back into my warehouse because of the way they have our us doing a tracking system and all that kind of stuff. They have pretty much locked us into once you bring your genetics in, that's what you've got. So I'm coming in with fresh genetics. At this point, there are lots of wonderful genetics out there. And, and I mean, truly, these people that are, have been in for years, you know, Don and Aaron from DNA, we actually um, do know them, and their stuff is awesome. And I would only hope to once be as well-known and as good at their craft as they are. And um, I think to have a variety of, of uh, genetics out there is the wonderful way to go. And so as I'm looking for growers, I'm not looking just for them to grow my genetics. I don't want to just sell them my seeds and that be it. I want to work on their business with them. And I want to build a brand with them, something that is going to assure that in five years from now, as a, a business, we are still in business. As these little little grows out there, these one, two, and even three tiers, unless we band together and start working on building our business to the point to where we are competitive when our borders do open up, that's what we need to work on because right now we are limited to only being able to purchase within our borders. So as I'm talking to growers here in Washington State, what I am offering them is the exclusivity of you're going to grow one of my strains. You're not going to find that you're competing with another grower growing that same strain. That's definitely a great incentive, and I think that the the hand-holding kind of aspect, so to speak, of uh, helping them develop their company is, uh, is definitely a plus as well. Obviously, your strains are, like you said, all new and proprietary strains, which is wonderful. Um, but they're also mostly based on, you know, pre-existing established strains. You mentioned the Alaskan Thunderfuck, Cali Mist, and, and others. Is the lineage of your strains available to people if they want to know, well, okay, Conversa, where, you know, what is the lineage of that? Do you make that information available to them if they want to grow it or they wanted to smoke it? It actually is, and we're adding more to our website uh, every day. But uh, our website is the Cannabis Seed Co. So, uh, the co. dot com, and uh, there are pictures and uh, descriptions of the different strains that we've got. And then there's actually a, a link there that you can click on that page, and it will show you the lineage and the uh, growing information and things like that. So there is on there, we're also adding that information to our EvolveMarijuana.com website. And that, uh, again, it gives you uh, the experience that our strain is um, going to give you. Well, you'll be able to see a picture of the beautiful flower that uh, you'll be enjoying. And um, the different strains uh, are out there, and the lineage goes as far down as, as we have it. Being that your son was inspired by the Cannabis Cup, I was wondering if the High Times Cannabis Cup does come back to Washington State, do you guys think you'd have uh, plans to enter and try to win an award? Absolutely. Our plan is to enter uh, different uh, different competitions out there. 
my son works uh, as Bruin Genetics has been his his sort of underground company for the past 15 years. And uh, we, as um, a licensed business here in Washington State, are not allowed to take any of our product uh, over the border. We cannot go across over state lines. So if the competition is here within Washington State, we will be providing uh, product to uh, compete, absolutely. I, I know that the reason that uh, High Times hasn't been back, they were doing a cup in Seattle for a few years, and the reason they haven't been back is since recreational legalization has passed, the liquor board is in control of the marijuana department, and the liquor board won't l- allow any venues of, that have a liquor license to host a cannabis event, which kind of makes the... You know, pretty slim pickings for where you can hold an event. I'm curious about your opinion as someone who lives and works in the cannabis industry in Washington, your opinion of the law that passed the legalization law and the regulations since then. What is your take on how Washington is doing as opposed to or in comparison to, let's say, Colorado? Well, I think that's one of the interesting things that you're seeing is that we're all doing it different. And I know for a while there, Washington was sort of the how-not-to state. You know, we were really burdened with a lot of regulations. And then even those regulations were changing on such a regular basis, it was hard to keep track of what we were expected as business people, how to do our business. But I think that, um, you know, it's always... People are always happier when the regulations are loosened than when they are tightened. So it certainly made yeah. sense that our liquor board went into it with, you know, let's really, really put it down knowing that we're going to be able to loosen things up as this industry matures and we start learning how this is being done. I mean, because let's face it, we were the, the, only the second ones to do it. And you know, Colorado already had its um, medicinal in place, and they had a system in place that they really weren't going to do a whole lot of changing to, where Washington came in and sort of had to, from scratch, figure out how they were going to, you know, set up a, a recreational industry that was, at the time, independent of the um, medical industry that was also just really self-regulated here. And I believe in most instances very well self-regulated. I think that our business people here in Washington State really did justice to themselves in setting up their the medicinal system. And I know many of them are not happy that um, they're going to be sort of brought into the uh, medical uh, system, but I believe that as a country, at one point, it has to just be one. I think that as we're voting in, in medical, it is just sort of little baby steps that people seem to be comfortable to, to be taking. But I believe that as a country, the plant just has to become illegal, first of all, that we are able to do as businesses. We are legitimate businesses, and we are business owners that are not black market sellers. We are not crooks. We are legitimate business people, and I think that as the liquor board is treating us that way, it's getting even better. We still have some counties and municipalities that have moratoriums, which I find extremely unfair. I feel that we as a state voted this in. 
I don't think that a small group of people who, in my opinion, are sore losers decide that they can still not have it in their county once it was decided that a judge said that they could actually put these moratoriums up. There are still several businesses, growers and retailers, that are waiting, still waiting two and a half years later for that to come to some sort of decision because it's just sort of, you know, once the moratorium gets put on, then they have to wait six months to make a decision, and these people have to come back together and decide again. You know, the council will come together. and It's hard when you as a whole state are not behind everything that our regulations have had to change from the very beginning to now. And luckily, I believe that the regulations have really changed for the better because we're learning. As much as we as business people are learning, so is the Liquor Board learning on how to regulate this industry. Great. Well, I hope that there will be able to be uh, more cannabis events in Washington in the future. I got to go to Seattle Hemp Fest a couple times. I really enjoyed it. I'm guessing you've been to Seattle Hemp Fest before, possibly even as a vendor or a speaker. Have you been? I have not been as a vendor or speaker. I have enjoyed it as a uh, just a participant to see what's going on there. I have also uh, enjoyed the uh, Cannabis Cup when it was here. And I know that a lot of the issues there stemmed from the um, – the smoking in public, because it's not allowed here in Washington State. And I know that they were, at one point, they were in the building, and the building said, nope, you're not going to have any consumption here in the building. Let's face it, we know Cannabis Cup is booth after booth after booth of samples. So they had to find places where they could put these booths up that you can enjoy these samples. So they rented all these parking lots that was around the, uh, the venue, and there they were having people provide samples. Well, you know, Washington State didn't like that because that was still, you know, consuming in public. And so that kind of put the squash on all that. They weren't willing to take that in, uh, again. And I think until they kind of loosen up on that rule, that rule in particular, I would like to see change. I think um, that will help with, tourism. It'll help with uh, investment money coming in. I think that there's lots of different ways that we can um, make public consumption uh, regulated that it will work for the industry. I think it's totally a doable aspect of this industry to be able to allow public consumption. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the challenges Colorado has had because obviously a lot of uh, cannabis users are flocking there uh, as tourists to buy legal weed and enjoy legal weed, but they're allowed to buy it, but they're not allowed to leave with it, and they're not allowed to smoke it anywhere. They can't smoke it in their hotels, they can't smoke it in bars, so they can't smoke it in public. So where are these tourists supposed to smoke the weed? Right. And and that's something that I think Colorado is beginning to address, and I hope that Washington will too, because it's not even about public necessarily as much as it is – I mean, it, it could be about public, but even if you just had designated places that were allowed, you know, issue a license even to a specific establishment saying right. that this, this vapor lounge or this bar or this whatever has a license to allow people to consume cannabis there. You need somewhere like in Amsterdam in the coffee shops, you need somewhere for people to go and just relax and enjoy their cannabis. And I think that if Washington 
state uh, jumps on that and realizes that if you don't set up a place for people to consume safely, then you're just – it's a continuation of another – black market mentality where, okay, now I bought this legal cannabis, but now I have to worry about getting busted or fined when I try to smoke it. And once right. that's... It's, once it's stifling in the, of the industry, I think. And, and I, I believe that obviously as the perception of, uh, of marijuana consumption changes, it'll certainly become sort of a, a less stickler for people to see. I mean, let's face it, you know, 50, 60 years ago, would you be able to, you know, walk down a, a sidewalk and have a brewery have their tables out and people drinking beer and all that right there, you know, a hundred years ago, that was not going to happen. You know, I think that as people are going to get more um, adjusted to uh, cannabis use. And I think states like Alaska that are looking into allowing, um, like you say, the coffee shops of Amsterdam are just an area that you can go after you purchase to be able to enjoy and sit with your friends or even just to try to see if you want to buy more, you know, would be nice. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're out of time, but Kaylina, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Bobby, and this has been great. I really enjoy talking with you. You have a great day. Take care. All right, and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Blazin. If you'd like to learn more about Evolve Marijuana and the Cannabis Seed Company, you can find links and info on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blazinwithbb. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram, Bobby Black 420 Thanks for listening. I hope you will tune in and talk up with us again next week and every week here on Blazin'. Until then, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, brothers and sisters. 